Hey everyone, it's Nellie Thomas here. How are you doing? This is Dear Nellie, Sex, Relationships and Dating from the Other Side of 40. We hope you're loving the podcast as much as we are. A few quick things before we get into the show. Uh, for information about our fabulous live shows, which we do semi-regularly, go to NellieThomas.com and follow the links. We've just done a few in Melbourne, one in Sydney, and we'll be back for more early next year in 2024. Now your listener calls are the backbone of this podcast. They're the best. Chuck out the rest. Take a chance. Send me in your question, your comment, your dating story, regret, anything really. We absolutely love hearing from you and you can remain anonymous. Follow the links on my website or see the show notes for more information. To support the podcast and keep it coming out for free, please rate it on whatever app you're on now. Just pull it out. Hopefully give it a five-star rating that helps other people find it. Tell your mates, share it on socials, do all that stuff. If you can, please join Patreon or Acast Plus for five bucks a month and you get a bonus episode every month and some other perks. If you can't, that's also fine. Just keep listening every week for free. We can't do this without you. Now, this podcast was recorded in the council area known as Maribyrnong in Melbourne. I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, the Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung and Bunurong peoples of the Kulin Nation, and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Last but not least, if you're new to the podcast, this is a sex, dating and relationships podcast for adults. Let me put it this way. If you don't like swearing, it's really going to give you the shit. So off your fuck. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Dear Nelly, I could use some advice. Dear Nelly, yes, yeah, some help would be nice. Dear Nelly. I'm eager to hear your point of view, dear Nelly. There's a lot to explore, dear Nelly. When you're 40 or more, dear Nelly. So I'm hoping we can talk it through. Welcome to Dear Nelly Sex Dating Relationships from the Other Side of 40. Oh my God, I'm so excited to be joined hey. by the one and only Kaz Cook. Hello, Kaz. <laughs> I'm so delighted to be here, Nelly. Oh, me too, from your Venetian palace, your little yes. backdrop. My Zoom background is a, is a, I think it's a Viennese library from the 14th century. I love it. I've just uh, That's so that you don't see my laundry basket. Yeah. Well, it's so camp. I am here <laughs> for it. 
absolutely here for it. Now, I obviously, I mean, we know each other through mutual friends and around the traps a little bit. I would describe you as an author, first and foremost. Would that be, I mean, you were a journalist, but an author, yeah. do you have other descriptors? Oh, languid and interesting. No. Um, <laughs> hot and tight, hotty. Well, I still, um, I still think of myself a little bit as a cartoonist yeah. because I illustrate my own books, even yes. though I'm not. And I don't, it's that often female thing, isn't it, where I go, oh, I'm not doing it every day and I, because I, I really, yeah. I, yeah, I really I had a family so I couldn't concentrate on, on you know, cartooning and like my colleagues in cartooning of just such great drafts people and do amazing yeah. work every day and but bugger it I'm still going to call myself a cartoonist 100 percent well and yeah you're right I started as a journalist as a baby apprentice at the age when I was a month off my 18th birthday oh <gasps> wow yeah so it really was um really was very young yeah um and I love journalism. I still take a real interest in it. And journalism drives most of my books. I couldn't do yes. books like Up the Duff and Girl yes. Stuff yes. without having, and I'll tell you what journalism does, I reckon, for me anyway, and I know for a lot of other people back then in the 80s, yeah. um, if you're shy or if you, like me, came from a really daggy suburban background and there were other people from uni and they were so sophisticated and yes sleeping with a couple of deputy editors and all of that kind of caper. And I was like, <laughs> and at one point the uh, a restaurant critic hit on me and said, can I take you to lunch? And, oh. I, and I said, no, it's okay. I bought my own Rivita. <laughs> so, but what journalism does is it gives you, if you're shy um, or you don't feel like you're, you're I mean, I'd never spoken to anyone who I would have considered important. Yeah, and then yeah. we're at press conferences, you know, reporting courts, being frightened all the time that you would get something yeah. wrong. Yeah. But it gave me a way to and, and so that later on I could bring up the top doctor in something and say, hi, yes. Yes. can you tell me what the truth is of this? And then once I'd built up hopefully a little bit of a reputation with Especially yeah. with Real Gorgeous, which was about body image, and then and then um, up the duff. Up the duff, yeah. That I think doctors, medical experts, psychiatrists understood that I, I was serious. You know that, yeah, that yeah, yeah. I wrote funny books. Yeah, and still to this day, some people get it confused and think I only write funny books. Or, yes, yes, yes. Um, well, we like we like to pigeonhole, don't yeah. we? And yeah, I exactly. think particularly that's a particular um, problem with anyone who's funny, you know, because oh, yeah. people kind of can't see past the humour to the intellect. Or Whereas, they say to you, yeah. I bet you get this too, they say to you, oh, um, it's really good what you do because you're sugarcoating. Yeah. <laughs> and I sort of look at them and I think, no, 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 I'm, I need the sense of ridiculous, I need yeah. to relate to people yeah. I need to make a joke and laugh yeah. with people yeah if I'm not in the room when they read it hopefully yeah. they will laugh um I'm careful like yeah. you know, there are sections in my books about yeah. things like miscarriage and yes. mental health I'm very careful yeah Never you know the line you know yeah. the line and it's that for me it's like that's disarming it's connection it is a way to level the playing field 
you know, rather than like so many books on the subjects that you have written are completely inaccessible. It's just a tool of communication that you're really good at. Well, and also I am very much the lowest common denominator. So (laughs) I need to understand it before I can, um, you know, interpret. I don't write books because I'm a guru and I know everything. I write them because I don't know and I go and find out. But, I mean, you do this too and we're not (laughs) slathering a pill and ice cream and shoving it. No, no, not at all. We're just going let's share this information because we're all, we all have a right yes. to the knowledge that we need. Yeah. And I'm okay to talk about it. I think that's the difference. You know, it's that walking toward the, the hard subjects. You know, I have that thing all the time of people, particularly because I do so many events in like family violence and homelessness and, you know, child abuse. And, and they're like, what are you doing getting a comedian? And then, I mean, this is toot toot, but, you know, once they see it, they go, oh, I get it. Oh, what I get it. Yeah, and you've got to be good at it. I've seen people yeah. try and do oh, it without yes. experience or without empathy yeah. or without yeah. Yeah, yeah. thinking about it. Anyway, we're magnificent. Yeah. I think that's yeah. <laughs> I think that's the short story. Now, we try. You, we try. You share as much or as little as you want, but usually we start the podcast with your relationships history. So can we start now? What is your status, Kaz? Are you on the market? I'm extremely single. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really can't see much point in, as you say, being on the market. Yeah. I'm very leery of, I, I don't know if it's laziness or anxiety, or but I don't want to go through 99 dates to find someone yeah. who's great. Yeah. And I sort of can't bear the idea of meeting people I don't know and mm. I was very bruised by um, the end of, a 24-year-old relationship um, a few years ago. Mm. And I really can't say that much about that because I have a daughter and you, yeah, you, know, of course. you often don't want to make those things public. But all yeah. I'll say is it absolutely flattened me for quite yeah. some time. Yeah, it hurt. I feel I'm, uh, yeah, I feel I'm, um, there were things about it that I was, I mean, yeah. the main um the main feeling was blindsided and shocked, and but what what it had the, you know, the horrible side effect was that I didn't know how to trust myself or my own judgment. Yes, so oh, that, that's and, the biggest thing I think. When my own experience and the experience of so many callers is, as you get more distance from relationships, and that could be relationships that are romantic, friends, family, like a whole range of them, yeah. and you start to go, oh, God, I tolerated that or I misread that or I thought they were this sort of person. And yeah, it, that insight can help you moving forward, but it's also such a punch in the guts because you're like, I wasn't 20. Yeah, oh, no, I God, I relate to every millisecond of what you just said. And but also for me, which is very unlike me, I was like, I can't choose a page colour. I can't yeah. be between Dulux fourth yes. and Dulux khaki. Like yes. I <laughs> what do I know? I got a lot of I didn't see that. What? And so Yeah. And it's particularly hard, I think, when you are um a person who loosely works in this area. You know, oh. like our bread and butter is relationships in the broad sense of the word and then you kind of go oh shit I missed a couple of things didn't I oh dear um yeah so I've I've done quite a bit of therapy 
Yeah. Uh, then I had a break. Now I've just gone back to deal with some other stuff. Well, and I've found yeah. all of that incredibly useful. Yeah. But looking back further than that, you know, I know what the, the way that you talk in this podcast and I thought, oh, it is confronting to have to mm. look back because I think mostly I had a series of absolute duds yeah. that I shouldn't have been with. And I saw You're talking of- like teens, 20s. Oh, right up until my early 30s when I got yeah. together with the father of my child. Yeah, yeah. And really had probably most relationships were about 18 months long, if that. Mm. So didn't work out for some reason. But you know what I was thinking? And I just want to give a real shout out to younger people, like people the age of our sort of kids. Kids, yeah. They are so much better at understanding inclusivity and the moral Mm. imperative of who you're with and why. And Mm. Mm. when I was that young journalist, I've just turned 18, so I'm a month off being in a school uniform now. Yeah, you're a kid, yeah. And and a 27-year-old at work became my boyfriend. Yeah. And I was the dad. I was a dag. I didn't know. I kind of thought if someone's interested in me, then I should yeah, oh, Kaz, don't. And, you know, that. <laughs> oh, don't. Incredible. That's the worst you one. You think you're a young feminist and yeah, there's no. that stuff going on. I don't yeah. think I really chose yeah. Yeah, until yeah. my early 30s and I chose someone who I thought would be a good dad and they were. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the rest of it, I mean, I was thinking about that recently and thinking, talking to my daughter who's, um studying but also doing a a job and she you know she talks to me about what her friends are saying and they are much less likely to go an 18 year old with a real like somebody who's 30 oh yeah that's okay they're onto it they're have been taught more and they're more I think they talk more openly like I hear my 16 year old same like the that group of friends and they will talk about they will use words like power imbalance yeah, I know. I love it. And that, and it is so, um, they're so much more sophisticated about yeah. different kinds of sexuality, different gender, yeah. Yeah. Um, different emotional states, uh, neurodiversity. Yeah. For many of them, I think, you know, there's this trope in, I've done a lot of research because I love it. I love being in an archive and, you know, looking yeah. at what was happening in the 18th, 19th, 20th century, you know, the history of women. And there is this trope of the unprotected woman. Yes. I think a lot of our kids' generation have been very protected in one Mm. way, Mm. like where are you going, who are you with, Mm. you know, Mm. but also, um, you know, much more respected by their parents, young people respecting Mm. their parents more. We Mm. are closer as a generation Mm. than Mm. my generation is to parents, for example. That is very different. Yeah. Society. I reckon one of the um the key differences, hopefully that I do, but also that I observe, is that parents of our generation are more likely to apologize, right? Oh, to done it. Say, I got it wrong. Like yes. parents of our gener, obviously we're generalizing, but parents of our generation, I think even if they knew they got something wrong, it'd be hold the line, hold the line. Like I'm the one and, in charge. Yeah, I mean. That's fascinating because I have apologised and I think it means so much. It does. It, ma- it makes you much closer. Yeah. Much, much. I think that's why but those conversations so, happen. 
there's also some of it that I go, if they end up being parents themselves, they're going to be, and the older they get, mm. the more they're going to be, oh, no, I get why I wasn't allowed to go to that. Oh, no, <laughs> totally. So totally. it's a give and take, it's a discussion. It's yeah. A, yeah. Um, and anyway, I didn't have any of that when I was no. 18. So, no. And I shouldn't have been in that relationship. And in mm. that workplace, there are a lot of, I was like a big dag and, you know, it'll, you know mm. revive my private. There were mm. a lot of other young women who were with powerful men yeah. in the office yeah, yeah. and I found that completely bizarre. But it yeah. was it was a buffet bonanza for those older men. Oh, no and shit. In so many different workplaces. I don't think yeah. it's the same in journalism now, but mm. we're talking about a floor of 80 people mm. with typewriters and cigarettes mm. in the early 80s. Mm. Um, Mad men. And I look back at that and sometimes at night you'd be the only woman on the floor because mm. when I first started it was all male sub-editors working late mm. and that's when I started wearing a bra because they were watching me walk around delivering Oof. stuff and I thought, oh, oh I'm going to wear a bra. Um, and then thought- when you've got that combination, because I experienced that even at uni, like before work, you know, the little country bumpkin kind of I was 17 and arrived at uni and I'd never yeah, known anyone go. who'd been at uni, you know, all that. And, yep. of course, like I same, I ended up in a relationship with the guy who was 28, you know, and I look back at that. My daughter's 16. I'm like, I'd fucking murder you, mate. <laughs> like, you I know. And I, I um, my, one of my relatives the, in the um, generation above me yeah. married a local school teacher at yeah. she was 16 and I just read mm. Wendy Harmer's book and her mm. mother at 16 mm. married the local school teacher oh mm. my god what yeah. was I'm yeah. so glad all that so anyway that I think that was my sort of first mm. um I didn't really know what was going on yeah at yeah, the yeah. time and I and think I- for these sort of again speaking generationally because I know that there's a lot of people listening who would look back with the same gut punch of kind of going, oh, yes, I just thought it was enough that they liked me. Because you've got this sort of, and I'm being very careful with words, but, I mean, the only way I can think of it is we almost have like a cultural grooming at that age of anyone likes you is good enough, right? You you just you need validation, you need external, even for young feminists then like 80s and 90s, there was still this sort of yearning for approval because fuck knows we'd grown up like that, you know, and it's a real process of unlearning that. And I <clears throat> I had a family who told me um, implicitly and explicitly, if you're with a boyfriend, you're protected. Yeah, totally. And, and that, not that guy that I was with, but yeah. other guys treated me badly. Yeah. But because my parents had said, you're safe when you've got a boyfriend, you can yeah. go out with a boyfriend, but you can't mm. go out by yourself. I mm. would have been a million times mm. safer with a group of girlfriends. 100%. So I think I'm really glad all that has changed. Mm. And even though there's a part of me that thinks I know so much more now, not because I'm brilliant, but just, just from the weight of life. Years yeah, of from experience, life. I would probably would be better at choosing someone now. Yeah, I reckon. I don't, I. You're not there. But also, even if I was there, where am I going to do that? Like, I've, my, all my friends are women or gay men or <laughs> some, some male friends, but they're with their partners. Yeah. And I certainly, 
I don't know about you, but I have a complete off switch. If somebody is with a, if a man is with a friend of mine, yeah, I, I am. I find him quite repellent. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And any friend, you know what I mean? Like, there's no, yeah. uh, there's no attraction whatsoever. And if the, I've the, friend zoned someone, like if I've met someone as a friend, you know, there's no way that 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 for me doesn't just change if they yeah. become single or. I yeah. become single or it's like they're in a particular place in my brain. And and you know what? I, it's 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 too simple, but there's something about I'm more interested now in being happy than yes. with someone. So Love that it. or you know that trying to trying to feel that my little flat that I bought is a sanctuary mm. um and that I can mm. relax and mm. I don't even know that I would want someone in it my space very often uh, yeah that's and it's for not sure don't put your thing on the table without a coaster it's not yeah. it's, <laughs> it's just um it's just being fine with your own company the way you yeah. organize things yeah you might and want it's to calmness you know there's a certain kind of there's a certain peace in it like I know when my long-term relationship ended for me, and I've talked about this before, but the most exciting part, because obviously it's devastating and it's sad and all the other things, but when you start to see the positives, I'm like laying in my bed by myself watching TV is like <laughs> peak happiness. I'm a simple girl, you know what I mean? I'm like yeah. this kind of and learning to love my own company. I mean, I've always liked my own company, but really learning to love it and yeah. go, I'm really content and I think we're all so too busy. That is an ungrammatical sentence, but yeah, we are yeah, so yeah. too busy. Yeah. And so the downtime, if you're yeah, it's lovely. You are on the introvert, extrovert, whatever, but yeah. I like to recharge. Yeah. And so yeah, and choose when to be with my friends. Mm. I'm going to a party in a couple of weeks and I have no idea how to do that anymore. I think it's years since I've, because of COVID. You know what's going to happen, Kaz? You're going to meet someone and the next time I interview, you're going to go, I'm engaged. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never been married. I'm, Me I'm either. A, that's a different. Um, but I, there, there's, there was a time when I would have. Yeah. But. Uh, and it that was time's gone. <laughs> oh, you know what? We try really hard. Like one of the things I'm trying to do with this podcast is actually honor that decision. Like there is a whole movement at LTS, long-term single. We've had a couple of people on, or more than a couple, who are just like, you know what? I don't want to go back in. I'm happy in my own company. This is what I want. They may or may not miss sex. They may or may not have opportunities for that. But in terms of relationships, they're like, I'm done. Like I've I've given it a crack. <laughs> and we we get our our nurturing and our sustenance yeah. from our friends. From your coven. And yeah, around the yeah. cauldron. And yeah. and the generation above us, I've noticed that so many so many men partner up again quickly if yes. they're widowed or yes. something happens. And, yes. and a lot of women do too, but but yeah. there's many women who don't. And there's that yeah. phrase, I don't want to be a nurse or a purse. Yep. The older, you know, and I think yep. I think this is one of the first couple of generations mm. in a middle class, lucky, wealthy country mm. where women are able to have that choice. But of course, yep. it's coming back to bite 
many um, there must be many women now who don't want to get out of a relationship because it's going to mean a change to precarious housing for example. Oh, 100%. The stats are completely clear on that. And that's where I think as we get older too, get more nuanced. Like if someone had said to me 20 years ago, oh, well, I won't leave because I am worried about the rent, I would have been stridently judgmental. You know, yeah. like if you are not happy in your relationship, you need to leave. Da, da, da. And now from this age, I kind of go, I'm not happy about it for you, mm. you know, and that's, it's wrong. But I you get know, it. In, but I get it. Um, have a long way of saying I've had a series of catastrophically disastrous <laughs> relationships and I'm probably, I probably should treat it like food poisoning and stay well away from it lest I have the same reaction. <gasps> oh, it's a real thing, Kaz, isn't it, where you start to kind of go, do I, I don't know, I waver between thinking, do I just choose wrong? Or then thinking, no, actually reframe it and kind of go, you know what, you could have a relationship for a few weeks or 30 years and there will be positives and and negatives in both. Yeah, and some things are good for a while and then they're not. Yeah, that's right, and And shit happens. (laughs) (laughs) That's very philosophical, darling. (laughs) That's my current mood. Now, I want to talk about your latest book. Mm-hmm. It is fabulous. Give us the plug and then I'll ask you some questions. So it's called It's the Menopause. Stories. Jesus. It's for women aged in their 40s, 50s and beyond. Yes. Um, I've, I did a survey of almost 9,000 women. And yes. so a lot of the book is like a conversation in speech bubbles between those yeah. women about various aspects yeah. of menopause, their thoughts, their um the things they're cross about, the things that work for them, the things they're confused about. Yeah. Um, and then I also talk to a whole bunch of really fantastic menopause, hormone, yes. psychiatric experts. Yeah. Australia is bejeweled with such yes. fabulous people. Yes. Um, and th- there hasn't been enough research, but that is starting to change. So it's a book kind of in in the tradition of my other books, like here's mm. what you need to know. Mm. It's written in a very friendly way, mm. but the, mm. the, um, the information is all checked. And then there's mm. a point at which I go off like a box of fireworks about all the stuff that we're told, mm. you know, the wellness stuff with no evidence. Yeah. You know, I'm, I, I go take what you need from medicine if you can take it mm. Mm. and you want to take the self-help ideas mm. that have evidence behind them and there's mm. so much evidence for some of that mm. but there's a lot of stuff mm. that is marketing and it's cynical mm. and it's it's celebrities selling stuff and mm. so it's it's a book that has useful lists lists about you know this is what you can ask your gp and if your gp is not mm. treating you properly then find mm. another one and ask, ask another one and here's totally. a, yeah here's a page of don't just Google a symptom because the, mm. in the first 10 results you'll get seven mm. of people trying to flog you something. So oh, yeah. here are the good people and the good um, trust. You've done the research yeah, the for us. the websites and stuff, yeah. Like I think the way my experience of reading it, I mean I'm right in it, right, so it's yeah. completely relevant. In the book or in the menopause? Both. Yeah, and I think what's fabulous, and it's the same with your other books. It's to me, this is your signature. It's like you have done that journalistic deep dive, proper research, B 
but you've also got, I love the little speech bubbles because there will be someone who'll go and I'll be like, yes, that's me. And then someone else, I'm like, what are you on? And that's actually great. Like that's actually part of the conversation. Same with birth, pregnancy, parenting, you know, uh, puberty, all the things. Like there is no one experience. Well, if it's right off on the edge, I'll say so after the quote. There's one woman who said, if you eat yellow vegetables, you won't go through the menopause. (laughs) (laughs) I did actually have to have a little line in brackets after that. Um, But, I mean, some of the quotes are so funny. Some of them are so useful. Some of them are so angry. Yeah, Um, but I like that. I like it. Yeah, it's I actually like it's a it's a truth. It's a honest part of the experience of change of any kind. Is yeah. that you know? And we have been trained out of being angry. I mean, yeah. obviously we don't go and punch anybody, but express the rage. Like it's good. Get it out. Name it to tame it. All that stuff. <laughs> That's great. I think it's great. Interesting. I thought I'd share with you, which I haven't shared on the podcast before. When I started experiencing. Um, perimenopausal symptoms. I went to a GP, long story short, you would have heard this a hundred times, did a blood test and went, oh, I don't think so. And I'm like, I'm really suffering. Like I've got this, 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 and this. And she's like, how how old are you, Nelly? uh, 48. Mm. And she's like, oh, it's too soon, too soon. I find this fascinating, right? I'm talking to a trans friend of mine and obviously anyone who's been through transition knows a shitload about hormones. Yeah. And he said to me, nah, 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 mate. Like (laughs) you need to go and see a doctor who's got like more nuanced understanding of hormones. Why would you suffer? You know, blah, blah, blah. And once I went to her, she actually said, I don't care about your blood test. I want to know your oh, symptoms. And neither she should. Exactly. Oh, I'm so glad you found her because that's exactly, yeah. exactly right. What are your symptoms and what will work for you? Yes. To, Let's um, try this. Did all the blood pressure and all the rest of it and then, you know, went on the patches and noticed a significant shift in my mental health. Yeah. Like it had been a shit show. And for that, there are a lot of people who can't take hormonal medication. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um for their own reasons, but they're often then just sent away with nothing. And yes. there are all sorts of alternatives. Yes. And that thing of you're too young to be going through yeah. perimenopause, which, and just for people um, who might be a little confused, perimenopause is the time leading up to or around the menopause, which is technically yeah. you've had your last period and it's more than a year yeah. since then. But yeah. that's not actually very useful. No. And so so um, doctors kind of concentrate on this idea of when is the day and that's like date. past two on a Thursday, July, yeah. Yeah. you're in the menopause. But if you've if you've been having mental symptoms, hot flushes, weeing when you don't want to be weeing, yeah. uh, you know, or a, a really crazy long periods that are yeah. so unpredictable. Sweating through your sheets, anxiety. Yeah. don't talk about or don't know about. And a yeah. lot of the women in the survey for the book said, it's only reading your list of symptoms Correct. To, to tell you that yes. I've realised that, like, itchy skin. Yes, same. Has to do, and, and sore yes. like you're yep. getting arthritis. And yep. not everyone gets all these symptoms. Everybody's very yep. But it, 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 it just still upsets me to hear that someone is giving a blood test mm. to someone who is right in the age mm. zone mm. because blood tests, because your, your hormones are not, they don't go along and then fall off a cliff, like a graph. No, that exactly. Right, and then it's more like the 
ABC logo. So it's up, down, yeah. around, <laughs> and then starts again. And so your symptoms change from month to month, day That's to right. day, minute to minute. So having yeah. a blood test when you're 48 is not oh. useful. Having a blood test if you're trying to work out if you've got early menopause before yes. the age of 40, yes. that's a good time to have a blood test because if yes. you've got no significant levels of estrogen yes. showing up before 40, then you're going to need to do some medical stuff to protect mm. your bones and your heart mm. and all of that. And Well, and- the second doctor said to me, I'd need to blood test you on the hour for a week every day to See, get a real indication. Talking. Yeah. And but and then no. even then you might yeah. change. So yeah. so these are the kind of things that I wanted to let women mm. know in the menopause. Mm. Because it was sort of I had that incredibly again common experience of when I was about 45 going to the doctor saying I've lost confidence, I can't find mm. words, mm. I feel uh, mm. brain fog, all of the classic mm. early perimenopause symptoms. symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. And I was put on antidepressants. And this is mm. a story that is repeated over and over. Mm. And I now look back and I think antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication is great and I've been on it at other times. But right then mm. I didn't need that. Mm. I needed to spend mm. more than two minutes in a surgery mm. and have more investigation done and mm. I needed to be on what's called MHT now instead of HRT, which just yes. means um, menopause uh, hormone therapy. Yes. Because... HRT means hormone replacement therapy, mm. and that's an acronym that's much more common now in in other, mm. you know, hormonal situations. Well, I think one for me, one of the most validating things about the second GP as well is that she said to me, you know, sometimes um, the mental health systems that uh, symptoms that come with menopause are dismissed as though you come in, you go, well, I'm losing confidence and I'm anxious and I'm not usually, and I can't sleep and blah, blah, blah. She's like, why aren't we taking those seriously as seriously as my joints hurt? Yeah. Like it's important. Your overall health is the big picture. Oh, and so many women think they're going through early dementia. Yeah, quit yeah. Work. they're fighting with their older kids at home. They may be yeah. um, in that squish generation between doing <laughs> stuff for the elderly generation. They've got young kids mm. at home, and also I think sometimes um, we attribute everything to menopause or perimenopause, yes. <laughs> and sometimes it's just that where we Life. have many women have found themselves in a situation where, for example, I've spoken to women who are still doing the laundry mm. and. And cooking for kids who who have left home and come home because of the rental, oh, yeah. or yeah. have stayed at home, yeah. they're in their twenties. They're still doing it for um, a, usually a male partner. Yeah. And one of the things I say in the menopause book is show these symptoms to your partner. Tell them that you might have any, or but you won't have all of them. But mm. you know that th- this is what's happening in menopause, and these ones here: mm. anxiety, rage. Mm. You know, feeling overwhelmed, mm. it's time to redo the chore chart or instigate yes. one in the house, implement yes. one, and say everyone does their own washing. Mm. Everyone is responsible either for some kind of roster for cooking or I'm I'm going to cook for myself. I'm mm. not cooking for everybody else. Mm. I'm not cleaning up after people. Mm. I'm not planning there. Christmas. I'm not doing all the thing because part of it, I think we do attribute it all to menopause, but part of it is literally just, you know, all of us by this age have had a friend die prematurely 
or family members, or you start to reckon with your own mortality. And if you're sitting there going, fuck, why am I doing everyone's washing? And now potentially my kids have had kids and I'm doing their washing. Like, when does the washing stop? Yeah. You know, and I think for a lot of women, they just go, no, enough. And people turn around and, oh, you know, it's the menopause and you cry. No, no, I've I've had enough. Yeah, and I did. I do joke in the book because I sort of think there's a bit of truth in it that estrogen is the hormone that stops you from murdering husbands. Yeah. <laughs> and so I noted that joke, yes. When that, do, that, um, that dynamic of doing everything plus you've got the rage of yeah. your um, hormones during perimenopause, you know, I think you get all those jokes about, oh, women go crazy and mm, there is mm. a discrimination mm. and based on the idea. It's the same thing, right, as women are hysterical, women turn into witches. It's just mm. a different variation delivered, you know, instead of from the pulpit by a monk, yeah. by, you know, by Friar Tuck. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Yeah. You know, it, it comes through well, social media. And apparently, I've been crazy every month since I was 13. Yeah. You know, and, so, and some people are. So, yeah. some people who've got, you know, a dysphoric. Yeah. Yeah, PMDD, all that stuff. Yeah, too long to, yeah. to work it out. I think, I think GPs are going to have to come up to speed pretty fast. And I'm yeah, hoping, I reckon. I'm hoping that a book like this will help. It them will. It will well. because you will go in with. It's a different thing to go in with a, a well-researched resource rather than go. I've googled it. You know, if you can go yeah. in and kind of go actually about say in my case with the blood test thing, actually, yeah, you know, can you look at my list of symptoms or whatever? Can you tell me in the context of this podcast, because we get um, a lot of questions from women or, you know, people really in general, because I think everyone should read the book and I'm not just saying that. Like I think I'm going to get one of my my oldest daughter to read it for sure so that at least she can understand, like she's going through puberty. Yeah. I'm going through menopause at the same yeah. time in the house. Yeah. She needs to understand me and vice versa. Well, I think, you know, there's much more information about puberty now. Yes. And it's one of those things, especially. We've got in- all your books, Kaz. We've done that. <laughs> We've done- but I want her to understand me too. Yes. Right? Because and, I'm changing. And also women themselves don't know what to expect. They no. think that their periods will just stop. And one mm. of the things that I think is very interesting is that girls approaching puberty know from watching other girls. Yes. Um, know from information, whether it's my book or whatever, that their bodies are going to change. Change, yes. We older women are not really told that our fat distribution is will yeah. change forever yeah. and it's not something that the medication will change. So that fat going yeah. on around the middle, and yeah. I'm now in the process of I need a whole new wardrobe because yeah. I don't have the waste that I had anymore. Yeah, 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 same, yeah. Um, and that's... And I used to also look at older women and think, oh, they really don't bother about their hair, do they? Yeah. Like, I didn't realise that your hair goes foofy at the front yeah. because it's yeah. sort of more, more breakable and more. And it can thin and all sorts of that, let alone. So we get a number, we've had a number of calls about changes, sexual changes um, yes. during menopause. And one of the ones that stood out for me was a woman had vaginal atrophy. 
And once I went and looked into it, I'm like, I didn't even know that this could happen in menopause, that your clitoris could shrink, for example. Yeah, so the clitoris can shrink. You get a very dry vagina and I hate the term vaginal atrophy. Yes, I know. It's like those medical terms like an incompetent cervix. I was a geriatric mother. Yes, me too. Um, (laughs) No, I get it. I get the terminology shit, but I think. Women women are told you've got vaginal atrophy and you go home thinking you've got a wizened little old woman between your legs. Yeah. (laughs) But then the contrast to that, Kaz, I reckon is that, for example, in my, you know, friends when we're talking and once I started talking about that caller and there were quite a few of us who were like, oh, it's a lot harder for me to orgasm for example, yep. than it used to be. So and you could just think, oh, I am prudish or there's something wrong with me yeah. or it's in my head. And you go, actually, there's some physical change. You need yeah. something different. And in most of the media stories about menopause, there's this kind of um, almost, a well, it is a bias towards um, the idea that women lose their libido and that's not fair to men. And you will yeah. notice that no one ever suggests that a man takes a pill to make him not want sex and not yeah, bother yeah, his yeah, wife yeah. who's yeah. lost interest. But yeah. then some women do lose interest in sex, some don't. Mm. Um, but what is not said in those, you know, um, short TV pieces and mm. magazine website-style pieces is that, for, and, and this is where the quotes in the book come in, mm. What women are actually experiencing is that sex that they used to enjoy now feels like razor blades. Yeah. That friction, it does yeah. feel like sandpaper. It does yeah. feel absolutely awful. And they just, mm. and if their partner's not mm. into changing and talking, mm. to women are mm. often just told, yeah, that's how it is. Mm. It's a very simple thing to do to create um, lubrication using mm. a, a product. Again, you've got to use one. And that's all in the book about which lubrication's mm. best. Um, but also you can, many people who've had cancer and are told they can't have hormone medication, so they can't take oral estrogen. Mm. And um, But what they can do very, very often is shoot that little bit of hormonal cream up mm. into their vagina with a little plastic plunger mm. um, once or twice a week or whatever works for them, mm. and then their vagina absorbs that estrogen mm. and it also helps the bladder so that that mm. wee business where yeah, we're more like yeah, yeah. cough, sneeze, mm. you know, mm. and other wee problems, mm. um, that that estrogen they've discovered mm. can really help women with um, vaginal dryness and mm. wee problems. And yet I would say a minority of women are told that. When oh, they talk about that. But also circling back to the snippets you mentioned on the news that'll always be oh you know she's lost the horn (laughs) you're like even at the less sort of yes for some people obviously to be really painful to have sexual contact I think what I notice just and I'm talking about in my own peer group it's not so much that it's that their sexual needs have changed what basically what they need to orgasm has changed can your partner adapt to that do they take it personally? Can you even have that conversation? Like we talk, for example, about sex toys. There's plenty of women who reach a certain age or maybe their whole life could can only orgasm with a vibrator. 
Yeah. Is that something your partner will accommodate? Or wield, I think, is the word you're looking for. Or wield. <laughs> oh, he's got his pen license. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but the thing I really want to warn people about, Nelly, is this do not ever, ever be sucked into this idea of laser treat treatment on your vagina. No. The Mona Lisa touch the uh, these other Jesus. ridiculous names given to I tell you what if Mona Lisa had laser treatment on a vagina that would not be the expression on her face no She'd be looking a lot more furious um because we know it doesn't do anything there's yeah, no yeah. that it makes your vagina um yeah. what it does is give you low level burns on mm. the inside of your vagina so that your body then tries to heal itself and then the vagina might be slicker during that. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. do any and, and no. hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And it, no. what really cemented, it's an injury. So every major, um, you know, membership organization with specialist doctors for women, gynecologists, obstetricians, everybody who knows who mm. is acquainted with the vaginal area, mm, mm. Um, says <laughs> this, is, this is just useless, absolute yeah. bullshit. Like so many other things that we told and you know as you have documented in many of your books basically if you make us feel bad about something we are vulnerable to purchasing yeah so I mean to me the short story is just do not like don't even google it if you are if you know someone who's in menopause or is approaching it or like I said I reckon I want my daughter to read it because I want her to know what I'm going through but also I want her to have information before she gets there yeah. And actually follow, it's well-researched, you can trust it. And I love, because I've got a huge wellness bee in my bonnet, I love the debunking stuff. Yeah. If you're really vulnerable to someone going, hey, try this thing. Desiccated green powder. that Because you're desperate. Yeah. See, there is really good evidence for exercise. That's mm. a self mm. thing. Mm. And it's that- free. Yeah. You know, the women and non-binary people and trans people, depending on when their transition is, going through perimenopause, what can you do? What Mm. will help you? What will fit with your philosophy? Or what will challenge your philosophy? Mm. Mm. There are some people who go, oh, exercise, natural, there's no natural thing that that can help. Mm. And there are. What are you going to lose if you exercise? You're going to be, you're going to feel better anyway. Some people can't can't do, you know, but they're often told do three hours at the gym. They can't do that. So I've given them other things that they might be, might be easier to shoehorn into your life. Yeah. And they're not, you know, buy this expensive rock and put it up your jacksie. Yes, thank you, you, Gwyneth. Now, are you ready, Kaz, for a couple of listener calls? Because I'd love your take. Hi, Nelly. It's Kim from Geelong. Um, I wanted to say thank you to producer Sammy because when I was listening to his episode, I got the biggest surprise when you were talking about the um, the listener call, the lady who had the heart surgery and the scar. And I was thinking to myself, oh, that's like me with my Val's palsy and my wonky mouth. And then Sammy started talking about having facial palsy and I was so taken aback and it was so wonderful and comforting to hear someone say, yeah, well, that's part of me and no big deal. 
Um, so yeah, I have got back on the dating apps recently and, um, it is hard not to apologize for having a wonky face, but, um, your podcast is definitely so empowering and helpful and yes, yeah, special thanks to Sam for, for sharing that. Bye. Oh, Kaz. Oh my Lord, isn't that? Eldra, I'll give you the background. So long story short, um, this fabulous woman rang in. She'd had open heart surgery. She decided to like get back out there, start dating. Uh, from memory, she was late 40s, early 50s. A brave, you know, putting herself out there. She has a 10 centimetre scar, right? Not even like a cesarean scar size on her chest. Um, the guy had sex with her once or twice, as far as I can remember. And then this enrages me, messaged her later, basically saying that was a bit off-putting. I can't do that again. Absolutely. Like don't even, right? Everyone's mind's blowing. So I think the thing about this is, A, everyone's got something wonky. Yeah. Of some description, mental, yeah. physical, yeah. you know. Um, and getting that out and up front and saying you don't, you're going to waste far less time. Yeah, yeah. Because you're going to get the, the nice people who don't mind, the people who like you mm. for you. Mm. But I think it is brave. Mm. I, think, I think it is brave to talk about it's a bit like, don't you think it's a bit like if, if you start to talk to someone about, for example, mental health issues in families, mm. Everybody's got God knows. Oh my lord! Yeah, once you disclose, I can say that. Yeah, Yeah. but but if nobody's saying anything, yeah, then everyone thinks that everyone else is. I mean, I I do get it that facial difference is so Mm. um, out there. Mm. Um, You know, it's not. It's not like you know a scar that's not always visible. But, you know, without being too much of a wanker, we've, there are, everyone's carrying scars and it's quite clear that that guy is carrying mm. a mental scar that's going to get in the way of him having mm. fun and being happy. Mm. So, I mean, there are a couple of things. One, I don't believe him. I think he just wanted to fucking run and he used the excuse, like he had, he was attracted enough to her to have sex with her a couple of times. So, you know, the idea that a, a tenant yes, scar. But also I think. To me, it's like at our age, if we're talking about dating over 40, are you even just on a superficial level, you are not going to meet anyone who doesn't have scars, stretch marks, um, other physical so-called imperfections like we have human bodies. I do think that we don't know what other people's motivations are. I think some people Mm. can be really just thoughtless and quite stupid, like really quite dim. Yeah, and it's good to know that up front and early. Yeah, um, and other people, I think, like at school when you remember mm. that the mean people, the bullies, would pick on something that they thought was obviously, and if they couldn't see anything, they'd call you fat, or they call oh, yeah. you, or they call you a slut, or whatever. They mm. would. I think some people do feel better when mm. they put other people down, and yeah, again. They do. Let's find that out really quickly. and so Really I, quickly, yeah. I really admire this woman because this is the stuff that I don't want to go through. This is why mm. I wouldn't do mm. dating because I just don't want to have 50 of those before I find someone nice. I'd, mm. I, I'd, I'd happy to be parachuted in. Yeah. 
don't want to put the work in, you know. Yeah, happy that... for me to set you up is what the short story here is. So I'm, I'm, I'm opening my little black book. But you're right, it's vulnerable. It's vulnerable for me as well. It's vulnerable for anyone who's putting themselves back out there. And at this age, um, your body is not, even if you've never had the conventional body, your body is different. I can yeah. honestly say Bell's palsy or a chest scar in someone else wouldn't put me off for a second. No, no me would, either. It would be about, you know, do they make me laugh? Yeah. More importantly, Nelly, do they laugh at my jokes? I mean, 100%. Can um, you flirt? Let's be fair. Is there connection? All of that kind of stuff. You know what I love, what I hear in this caller as well, I love that she has mentioned that tension between disclosure of whatever it is but also not being apologetic for yourself, right? So don't don't kind of lead with, oh, I'm so sorry, I've got Bell's palsy. Are you okay with that? Yeah. Nah, you are. Also, I think assess who you're with and if you don't feel safe, to disclose, then don't. You then don't, don't owe anybody anything. Hey, Nelly. Um, I loved your and Sammy's comments on my last update about travelling overseas with someone that I'd only been going out with for three months prior to the overseas um, trip. Um, I am in my early 60s and we were seeing each other multiple nights a week um, as well as times during the day because we don't, have parental work commitments anymore so there's more free time to spend together um the trip went really well the eight weeks that we spent together were amazing and we were very loved up and having a fabulous time until we met up with his family for the last two weeks and that's when the dynamics changed and basically it all went to shit. Um, it it just um, really changed when I saw the way that he um, behaved with his daughter and grandchildren and um, didn't prioritise me and I felt really excluded. So we broke up once we arrived back home and... I still haven't given up hope of finding a partner who's compatible. So after a week, I went back onto the apps and I've luckily met someone else who seems like it's going to go well with. So um, we've actually been dating for only two weeks. I have a trip planned for June next year again in Europe and I'm going to just see how it goes up until then because I do think that traveling is a really good test of a relationship and at my age I feel like it's quite good to fast track the compatibility testing uh, because I would like to find a a companion to um, spend the rest of my life with so it's a it's a good way to test the relationship I think so basically I haven't given up hope and I'm still really enjoying all of your guests and their insight and your insight into relationships and it's a fabulous community so thanks Nelly what are your can I say first of all lady in her 60s dating high fives all round 
Like I just love, love if you want to, I love <laughs> the idea that she's going, this is actually something I want. I'm going to be proactive about it. No one's going to come and knock on my door and ask me out on a date. So good on her. But what do you hear? I'm terrified of her. Yes. <laughs> I mean, look, there's a lot to unpack. Yeah, I don't just make a joke about travelling and compatibility, <laughs> but there is a lot to unpack there. I think it's true that travelling together, but that is a very early, very stressful stress test yes. to put on a relationship. Everyone's different, right? And I think yeah. I think you're... I think what you've said, she knows what she wants, that's really important. Because yeah. I, I think if I was going out with, this is all completely hypothetical, but if I was going out with someone who showed a great deal of love and affinity to their children and grandchildren, I would love to see that. Mm. But I don't know what happened here. I don't know whether she was put in a corner and or didn't want. Yeah. So she knows what she wants. She wants uh-huh. the undivided attention of somebody. I had the same response because to that particular part, I thought I wish I had more information because seeing someone who's really loving and devoted to their people to me is a huge green flag. But I have also on a couple of, in a couple of dating situations been, you know, don't put baby in the corner. If I make a study of anything, it's problem pages and they are shockers with people going, my partner is still enmeshed with their yeah. mother, father, siblings who run their life and yeah. I am or I am and the classic one is when they do a family photo, I'm asked to stand aside. Oh yes, I've been Even in that before. Been, yeah. Yeah. So so yes, yeah. I'm like you, I would but and all but also the idea of being with someone for two weeks and then deciding to travel with them to Europe. I mean <laughs> I mean that you know, like yeah not letting the grass grow there no I I wouldn't feel even safe doing that I think what she's saying though is she's got a trip plan so presumably that's now she's got a trip plan next June I think she's saying if we're still dating I would take him yeah and see how that went I mean when she first rang in Sammy and I Sammy was co-hosting Sammy and I were both like don't go on the trip like the (laughs) idea of being stuck for in me, even in another state, like let alone in Europe. Look, I'm just going to come out and say it. How do you poo? Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know somebody very well and you're in a hotel. You know, I was in a hotel room, thankfully alone recently. There was a glass wall between yeah. the, the toilet and nightmare. the bed. Absolute Sorry. nightmare. No, no, I'm with you. Do you know our? I think Wes Snelling is a mutual friend of ours. You know oh, who Wes I'm is. A big fan of his, but I don't know him well. Yeah. So I have a caravan, right? And Wes and I go and hang out in the caravan, and it's so great. The difference between being with an old friend compared to a date. I'm just like, need to do a poo. He's like, got it. <laughs> and like, we don't even have to say it. It's just like a hand signal. You need to go for a walk now. And I go, okay. And both of us are exactly the same. It's like it's a bloody. Hotel room, basically. Yeah, no, awful. But um, but that is the state that you want to get to in a relationship. Yes, I think, yes. to be able to. Yes. You know. But look, I think this woman is doesn't need our help, right? No, I, think I agree. She knows exactly what she's doing. She's doing her thing. Yeah, and good. Yeah. But, but what I would say is, good luck, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so 
two segments to end, beautiful Kaz Cook. We have No Shade on My Ex, where you get to tell me stupid shit that an ex has done. It can be trivial. It can be serious. It can be whatever you want it to be. But, like, when you look back and you go, oh, come on. Okay, my three are all red flags. Great. First one is... I went out with a man who I think we'd been together about three months and he told me the names that he would like to name our three mythical children. What were they? I can't tell you because he went on to have three children (gasps) called the three names. Oh, no. woman. With another woman. So he just had three names picked out regardless of who you were? Yes. Oh, wow. So anyway, I did Scarpa. Um, of course. The the other one okay. is I was going out with, I was living with somebody and I came home from oh, one of my many at the time endometriosis operations, yeah. got into bed and was still very, it was the sort of, you know, laparotomy where you would, you know, have to crouch over and go to the loo and, mm. and he went out that night. Oh, no. So that was the red flag. And the other one was um, someone I'd been with for some time who started to walk in front of me, not next to me. When we oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, Kaz. Good pickup. And I thought yeah. what is it was actually one of the first signs of he did he 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 physically didn't want to be with me. He was physically walking yeah. towards something else. And I'm not an oogie boogie person. Yeah, no, but that's a tell. I'll yeah. pay that. I 100% will pay that. Yeah. So those, so are, the, those were my three. In the first case, that's someone moving too hard and also to me who that would indicate a kind of level of delusional fantasy that's got nothing to do with me. Like well, I want three children. Yeah. and Regardless I of whether you're involved. Yeah. Which I didn't know at the time, but I just thought it was pretty weird that he picked out names. That's but weird. I also think it's a tell of... You know, sometimes people, I remember a woman saying to me once, I'm going to have um, two children. I'm going to have um, a girl and then a boy. Yes. Yes. Went, yes. You know you don't get to order that. Yes. No. Um, like people have, they haven't even realised that they've, that yeah. their very firm idea about their future, there's yeah. a million things that are going to fuck with that. And what other fantasies do you have that you're going to project onto me in yeah. this relationship? That's what yeah. would concern me. Yes, you know, and you've decided our wedding dance and I'm going to take your last name and, you know, this is going. If you're 15, even if you're 20, I'm like, okay, that's part of it, right? That's part of it. But if you're doing that shit at this age or anything after 30, I agree. That's a def- It's an amber flag at the least. It's flappy. It's flappy. It's fl- <laughs> Note it. The second one, absolute deal breaker. Someone who doesn't show care. Oh, yeah, that was it. Nah, off you fuck. We don't even need to discuss that. And what was your third one? Oh, the walking walking in front. Absolute. This is a really interesting thing to me, I reckon. It's that thing of, it's like if you're, if someone stops holding your hand. That was was it as well. It was was striding away. It was so, you know, and not thinking about that someone's got, the person next to you has got shorter legs or whatever mm. it is or mm. might be slightly more disabled or whatever it is. You're being yeah. careless and you're disinterested. Yeah. You know, and that's not that you have to bloody link hands interlaced everywhere you go and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But when there's a shift. I wasn't like demanding that, we skip together. It just, yeah. 
It just would have been good if we looked like we knew each other when we were walking down the street. <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice it. if we had, like, if you treated me the same way you would treat a stranger. Like, that might be quite nice. You keep saying things that I have totally come to in my life. Yeah. Me too. Been there, done that. All right, there are 10, but can you think of like the hottest celebrity you can think of? If I could like grant you, you can go on a date with Keanu Reeves, George Clooney, I don't care who it is, Jason Alexander, you pick your whatever, whatever your vibe is. Nelly, <laughs> please. Um, Cary Grant. Cary, oh, hello. Because even you though. You're so camp, Kaz Cook. Yeah, well, he was a vaudevillian and I've yeah. got a- I've got a thing for vaudevillians, yep. showbiz, yeah, not, not high art showbiz, yeah, but yeah, really, um, yeah, stage comedians, magicians. I'm fascinated yeah. with that era. He, yeah. um, he really knew life. He came to the states. I, I think he had a great sense of playfulness. Mm. I think he swung both ways and all over the shop. Love. And, Funny bones. I like people with funny bones. Funny bones. So you're sitting on a date with him yeah. and everything's amazing and then yeah. there's just something where you go, oh, no, and feel free to be as superficial as you want. I mean, apart from the things that you know, like, you know, racism and being rude to the waiter, yeah, yeah. it's visible chewing. If I can see the, <laughs> the food in your mouth, once the food's gone through your lips, I don't want to yes. see it again. Yes, Ever. yes. No, I totally. I don't want to see it. And that I have had a, I did have a time with someone like that and I, and I tried another few times. I couldn't, I just, I, and I know some people might have a problem with their nasal situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, ca- I cannot look at it. Yeah. And to have to look away from someone yeah. while they're eating. I mean, you do. I imagine I looked completely yeah. shitty. Yeah. I'm oh, a shitty human and it doesn't reflect well on me. Yeah. No, that's what that one's for. We've had, I don't like their shoes. Oh. A, like it could be. It's an invitation because we do, the other thing we do at this age, I think, is that we know what we shouldn't say and we know what we shouldn't yeah. like. And then you can actually make that mistake of going, if it's, I mean, for example, if you do have misophonia, you're not just going to get over that. No. Right? So actually do both of you a favour. Yeah. And, like, call it. Unless everything else is is fabulous, in yeah. which case read Jane Gregory's book and, yeah. or, you know. Or even separate. It, but make I know, an accommodation. I feel like the theme of our talk today is don't waste time. Yeah, totally. No, mum's too busy. (laughs) Seriously. I have two nights a week that are available for seeing my friends, dating, socialising, seeing shows, What like fucking shit or get off the pot. If you're not messaging me back, like I'm out of here. Yeah. I'm out of here. Like, and that is actually, I've got to say, the relief, like that contrast of being that sort of 15, 16-year-old girl waiting by the landline. Will they call? Will they call? Now, not that I never have that, but I'm also like, well, look, you're interested or you're not. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm for you. You're going to make effort or you're not. Yeah. You know, and I won't accept <laughs> Would you make the effort? Would you call them? 100%. Yeah. 100%. Like a reciprocity. Yeah. You know, but I have chased. 
in the past, Kaz. I'm too no. old for chasing. No more chasing. No more chasing. <laughs> it, do you know what it is, Nelly? It's a fool's errand. It's you a fool's errand. You can't drag them there. And, and even though okay. I joke about it, there is an element of kind of going, you know, I get a bit drag race about it. Like I'm a fucking queen. I've worked hard to be this and you either appreciate it or you don't. And I will treat you the same. I will see, treat you the same. See, for me, it's not that. It's about a really fundamental honesty. I will, yeah. I not that I'm dating, but I will show up as myself, yes. not pretending. Correct. Um, I will, I'm not going to spill everything that's happened in my life, but I'm also yeah. not going to lie. I'm not going to put on a voice. I'm not going to not have dessert. I'm not going to do anything. Mm. I'm just going to be me. I think an overarching theme from a lot of callers and certainly from me, and I don't know if you can relate to this, I'm not going to pretend not to have needs. You know, I'm going to go, actually, I do need a certain amount of contact or you don't need to call me from work, you know, but if you leave me like three days without replying, I'm sorry, no, you know. I think you've got to, and the honesty where it kicks in for me too, is that you get to say to that person, I need you to call me at least yeah, twice a week. Exactly. And if, and if they don't, then yeah. you've got your answer. Correct. Because they should be thinking about you enough to call. It's okay for them to go, I can do that un- like this way. I yeah. can't do it this way because of this and this. And then we're all no, we're all on the same page. Yeah, but don't promise you can do it and then don't do it. And then, and then everyone's wondering what and how and when. Yeah. And don't tell me I shouldn't need it. Mm. I need it. You can give it all you can. I'm just exhausted talking about this. No wonder I'm not dating. I, do, I don't, honestly, I just want toast and ice cream and go, to go to bed. Oh, we've got to have lunch soon and I'll give you all the juicy goss. It's wild <laughs> out there, Kaz. It's oh. a jungle. It's a jungle, babe. But, you know, it's fun. <laughs> but I'm I'm not a tiger. I'm a marmoset. I'm right. I just be up a tree looking at them. <laughs> Look, I don't even believe in star signs, but everyone who knows me is like, obviously, you're a Leo. So you know, like I am, I am the predator of the jungle. <laughs> Thank you so so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. I will be obviously putting links to your all of your books um, in the show notes, but in particular, it's the menopause. I think is really so relevant to this age group. And can I say? to the men and people assigned male at birth and whoever, a whole range of people who are listening, this is truly relevant to you as well. There it, are women it, in your life. It does also specifically and explicitly welcome trans and non-binary. I know, which I yeah. adore and is part of, whether intentional or not, part of um, your inclusiveness and like that in itself is a, is kind of revolutionary in this space to yeah. acknowledge that. So good on you for that. Oh, thank you, dear Nelly. Yeah. Bless you, dear Kaz. I'm getting you back on. I'm coming down yeah. out of the tree and back on. <laughs> thank you, Kaz. <laughs> dear Nelly, I could use some advice, dear Nelly. Yes, yeah, some help would be nice, dear Nelly. I'm eager to hear your point of view, dear Nelly. There's a lot to explore, dear Nelly, when you're 40 or more, dear Nelly, so I'm hoping we can talk it through.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Dear Nelly. Now, don't be shy. I would love to hear your questions and comments. To send me a recording or an email, go to nellythomas.com and follow the links. It's super easy. And you might hear me talk about your question in a future episode. Huge thanks to producer Sam Peterson from the Producer Boy Creative Production team and to producer Faye Younger, who in addition to being an excellent human, is also a brilliant real estate buyer's advocate and can be found at youngerhill.com. Thanks to ACAST and all the team. And lastly, to you. Without the listeners, I'm just a middle-aged mole talking shit to no one. Please rate, review and consider subscribing for five bucks a month for a bonus episode and to help me keep the lights on. And tell your bloody mates, would you? I'd really appreciate it. Love yous.